Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is September 28th, and our reading comes from Ephesians chapter 6. Beginning in verse 1, Paul says this, Children, obey your parents, because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. So Paul addresses two things. First, he says, children, and children are those who are still dependent on their parents. To children, he says, obey your parents, do what they tell you. But then he says to all of us, children and independent adults, we all have a responsibility to honor our parents. And when we honor them, God promises that blesses us. Verse four, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them, rather to bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And I think one of the things that fathers have to be careful about, we have to be careful that we're not too demanding, that our expectations are not too high, and that our kids feel loved and accepted by us. The first thing your kid needs to know is that they are your beloved son or daughter. And I think sometimes we're so concerned about their future and our expectations are so high that they live with this idea that they'll never be good enough and they're not really loved by their father. So your kid needs to know, my dad loves me. Now, I have high expectations for my kids, but only in a context of love. So if your kids know you love them, then they'll understand why you have high expectations. If they're not convinced you love them, if you don't have time for them, if you're too busy with work or hobbies or whatever, and they don't feel your love, then your expectations will feel like an unrealistic barrier, a bar that they'll never reach, that they'll never be good enough. And the truth is, one of the long-term dangers of that is it causes them to have a performance mentality in their relationship with God. Very difficult for them to understand grace, very difficult for them to want to spend time with God because they begin to think that he too has an unrealistic, unreachable standard and they'll never be good enough and shame dominates their life. But when they feel loved by us and then there are high expectations just because we believe in them, then that totally changes that dynamic and it really helps them in their relationship with God. Verse 5, slaves obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. This is so important to understand. In this passage, Paul is not saying that slavery is justified. Slavery is condemned over and over and over again in the Bible. Remember, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said that is the 
second greatest commandment, and it's the greatest commandment in relationship to how we love and relate to each other. Well, you can't love your neighbor as yourself and maintain slavery because none of us want to be slaves. None of us want to lose our rights and freedom. So if I'm going to love someone else the way I want to be loved and the way I love myself, then that alone abolishes slavery, which is why, historically speaking, it's been Christians that have worked to abolish slavery around the world. So then why does Paul say what he says in this passage? Well, Paul is just simply saying to the slave, the truth is it is in your best interest. If you can't get your freedom and you're in a place like Rome where it's not a democracy and you don't have any control of your rights and freedoms, then for you to serve your master like the Lord actually is probably the best, gives you your best opportunity to have a rich and full life as a slave to be treated as well as possible. And it gives you the power to influence your master. Maybe your master will come to Christ, which guess what? Could lead to your freedom. So Paul is actually trying to help them find a path to freedom. And by serving their master the way they would Christ, it allows them to have his favor, hopefully leads to his conversion which produces their freedom because once he's converted, then he'll begin to follow the law of love your neighbor as yourself, and he'll feel obligated to set his slaves free. So never misunderstand. There's nothing in the Bible that justifies or defends the institution of slavery. God wants us all to be free. We're the children of God. He never wants us to be enslaved to anything or any one. Then he says to masters, verse 9, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both had the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. So when we're in a relationship where we have power in some way, over another person. Our responsibility is to treat them the way God treats us and to know that we will answer to God. Verse 10, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We need to keep in mind that when conflict breaks out in our life, that generally speaking, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual issue. What is beneath the surface is spiritual, and what is spiritual is driving this conflict or driving this behavior. So we got to put on the full armor of God, and then he describes what that armor is. He says, verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be able to stand firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt 
of truth. So he begins to describe a Roman soldier, and they had a belt that held everything else together. And in the very same way, the truth holds everything else together. The truth about who God is, who we are, how we defend ourselves, what does it look like to live as the children of God and citizens of his kingdom. All of that is the truth, the Bible, theology, right? So the truth holds everything else together. And then he says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. And these shoes the Roman soldiers wore had spikes in them. And those spikes allowed them to advance against the enemy, to push back the darkness in the same way. God wants us to have traction. He wants us to push back on the kingdom of God. Verse 16, in addition to all this, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So the fiery arrows are accusation. And remember, the devil tries to accuse us, to shame us into hiding and into fear and into a lack of faith. And when the enemy is attacking us with these accusations, we take the shield of faith. The shield of faith is simply, what does God say is true about me? And I use that the faith in God's word, his declaration about me to defend myself against the enemy's attack. Again, this is why it's so important that we're in the word and we understand what the Bible says so that when the devil begins attacking us, we can use the word of God to defend ourselves. That's exactly what Jesus did in Matthew chapter four. If you want to look over there and read that. When he went into the wilderness for temptation, the enemy began to attack him, and he used the word of God to defend himself against the fiery darts of the enemy. Then he says, verse 17, put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So the helmet of salvation, of course, your helmet is guarding your most vulnerable, your most vital organ, right? Your head and your brain and your eyes and your ears, right? That helmet is giving you that, that very important protection. Well, in the same way, our salvation is our key protection because our salvation is what uh, secures us that we're the children of God, that we are forgiven, that we are filled with the Spirit, that we are heirs and citizens of heaven, right? And so that salvation gives us tremendous security and confidence and boldness in the battle. And then the sword of the Spirit allows us to be on the offensive. Now remember, a stronghold is any time that we believe a lie is truth. And when we live our life with strongholds, when we believe a lie and live as if it's true, and it's dominating and controlling our life. The secret of our freedom is to take the truth and to use the truth to destroy the lie, right? So that's what he's talking about here. He's saying the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The truth tears down those strongholds and sets us free and allows us to attack the enemy where he has attacked us. And then he says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere and pray also for me. And so prayer is so essential. Man, we want to take time every day to communicate to God. 
to pray and to invite him into our hearts and all of these situations that we're dealing with in life, into our circumstances, what we're facing throughout our day, into our future, what we're praying and believing God for, into our purpose, how we feel called and gifted and what we feel like our role is in the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. We're praying over all of that and recognizing our dependence upon God. I need you. I need your anointing and favor and power and direction in all of those arenas. And then he says, I'm praying. He says, I'm asking you to pray that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So I pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. And man, I just want to encourage you. That's how you can pray for me. Pray that I can make the gospel clear and pray that I can preach with boldness and help people to see the truth in order to dispel the darkness. And uh, so you can be praying for me as I'm praying for you. Let me pray for you right now. Father, thank you again for this word. God, I pray that you would help us all to honor our parents, for the children to obey their parents so that we can be blessed. God, so that you can work through our parents to bless us. God, I pray for fathers. Help them to love their kids. Help them to affirm and to build up, to encourage and to strengthen their children so that their high expectations are embraced rather than rebelled against. God, we thank you that the law of love destroys the institution of slavery. God, that you have called us to freedom. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as believers in our freedom to serve one another in love in every environment, to think of ourselves as a servant here to represent Jesus, just like Jesus served us. God, we're in a position of power. Help us to with humility, use our power to lift others up, to build them up. And God, I pray that you would help us to win the spiritual battle that we're in. Help us to to put on the belt of truth, to God, to build our life on the truth of your word. God, help us to put on the breastplate of righteousness. God, when we walk with you and live in holiness, it protects our heart from the attacks of the enemy. God, help us to take up the shield of faith, to know who you say we are, to protect our hearts from the fiery darts of the devil. God, help us to put on the helmet of salvation, to understand we are saved by grace through faith plus nothing and secure in that salvation. Help us to take up the sword of the Spirit and to use the truth to cut and to fight, to set our own hearts free. And God, we pray that you would help us to press into you and to pray and to recognize our dependence upon you in all things. God, that you're with us. And if we'll lean into you and trust you, that you will help us in every battle we face. God, I pray that you would give us all boldness to speak the truth, to preach the word as we should. God, and help people learn to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me again today. I hope that encourages you to remember. Before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.